Blog Talk Radio. It's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another episode of Be Unique's Unscripted, where we talk to artists, musicians, performers, and business professionals. My name is Tony Taylor. I'll be your host for this evening. You know, you could spend your Thursday nights anywhere, and we are excited you're spending it with us. The conversation is cool, it's calm, and it's casual. You can also be a part of the conversation by dialing 516 418 5651. Now, before we begin, let's talk about why you need to get on your phone and go to beunique.org. That's B U N E K E.org. Here's what Be Unique is all about. Our mission is to work today to change tomorrow using digital mediums to connect the world with professional storytelling and media production. We work to educate, inspire, and foster positivity and creativity worldwide through video, audio, and a spectacular literary magazine featuring writers from around the world. The newest Be Unique magazine is out right now, and you can read it online along with Be Unique Brevard magazine, the Space Coast premier magazine. Be Unique is also a media powerhouse. Not only do you get this incredible podcast hosted by me, Tony Taylor, but 11 other shows. So sit back. Get comfortable and get ready to dial 516-418-5651 with your questions, comments, and whatever else you may want to say. Let's meet our guest. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night. It is 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and you are listening to another incredible edition of Unscripted. Hi, my name is Tony Taylor. I'm your host, and today it is an honor, it is a privilege to be interviewing Cataluda Enriquez this evening. She is a warrior for gender equality and championing mental health. Ms. Enriquez is a multidimensional fashion designer and the owner of Catacuture. As a Filipino-American model, Cataluna is a survivor of physical and sexual abuse along with years of trauma. Cataluna made history by being the first transgender woman to win Miss Nevada USA and the first to compete in the 70 years history of Miss USA. She says, quote, I'm currently reigning as Miss International Queen USA 2024 and hope to win Miss International Queen as the first Asian first generation American and third crown for the USA. When I was young, I had no one to look up to since there was no one like me in the media. I then became the person I needed when I was younger, unquote. Cataluna made history in 2021 as the first transgender woman to win Miss Nevada USA and she is the reigning Miss International Queen USA 2024, set to compete in Miss International Queen in Thailand. All right, Cataluna, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us this evening. Hi, Tony. It's good to speak with you, and thank you for such a great introduction. Uh, you're very welcome. I, I got to tell you, though, and, and I need you to correct me now. Please correct my pronunciation for your fashion business <laughs> yes it's catalina couture haha catalina couture i'm so sorry about that all right no well, worries. 
Well, Catalina, let's let's go ahead and start at the very beginning. Um, you've been quoted as saying that you knew at a very young age that you were different. And by the time you were able to speak or express yourself, you knew exactly who you were. Can you talk about growing up? Yeah, so I was born in the Philippines in the province called Angola City, Pampanga, and um, it's a very Catholic-run or influenced country, and so I grew up very religious, um, but also it's also very diverse, too, as well. I grew up in an area where there's lots of Americans, lots of Koreans, different backgrounds, different races, and for me, I've, I've always knew that I was just different. Actually, if I could clarify that, I, if no one told me, if no one pointed it out, I would be the same person as I am now. I've never really right. felt like I'm weird or I'm different or that something's wrong. Right. But right. because someone pointed it out, then I knew that I was different. Right. But then... When I was really young, I've always thought maybe this is bad because everyone thought it was bad. Everyone was telling me, you can't be this way. This is a sinful thing to do. And at that time, as a, as a young child, I was just following what my heart was, was asking me to do, what, right. what made me happy, you know, what, what was right. very fulfilling, fulfilling for me. Um, and so for a long time, I had to push that aside just to survive and Oh, man. You know that and that comes with trauma and all the things that I've experienced, and still now with the way that I navigate life is because of the way that I was that I had to survive growing up. Um, but then that's part of life, and that's why we're here. Well, wow, that's an incredible story. Um, can you talk about what it was like to be in school as a kid? Because my family is into education. My father's a teacher. And uh, we hear a lot of stories about different things at schools. But what was it like for you when you got over here to the States and started going to school? Yeah, so I moved when I was about 10 years old. I was about sixth grade, I'd say. And one of the first challenges was just merging into a new culture, so learning a new language, adapting into how everyone else, uh, all the kids go through school. Um, and then when it came to high school, I was, um, I think a freshman year is when I socially started um, transitioning. And it was actually, do you remember Spirit Week? When everyone does the whole week of either you dress up as something else or you, there's a theme, but one of the themes for Spirit Week was Opposite Day. And for the first time ever, I felt beautiful in my life. There was something that just sparked joy and happiness and something that just told me that this is, this is you. Right, right. And so for that moment, I just started just following what made me happy. And it was right. challenging, too, as well, because at that time, I'm the only trans at that time, I didn't know what trans mean. I didn't think the word existed right. yet. But I was the only person who was transitioning in high school, who was, I guess, in back then you would say cross-dressing, but I was I was presenting as who I am internally, right. how I just right. naturally was just a very feminine person. Um, and so I would, 
I, I would get bullied I, everywhere. The entire school kind of knew me. I wasn't a popular kid, but everyone knew me because I was just so different. Right. And there were moments where I would get kicked out of using any restrooms. I wasn't allowed to use the boys' restroom because I was already feminine. Um, right. If I dressed up, I looked, even without, you know, my medicine or without the technology that we have now, um, I was just passable, and I, I, I was just presenting very feminine, and so I would get kicked out because they would think, oh, why is there a girl, and why is there a girl in the men's bathroom? Right. And I wasn't comfortable going to the girls' restroom because I, I didn't want to make other people comfortable. Sure. And so there was a long time where I had to hold using the bathroom until it was sixth period, which was PE class for me, or after school where I would have to run to the Popeye's next door <laughs> just to <laughs> just to pee. Yeah, yeah, every Tuesday with 99 cents, buy one, get one free. And wow. <laughs> I remember yeah. that specifically. <laughs> that is incredible. That is incredible. So when you got out of high school, what did you decide to go into then? What do you mean? What did you decide you wanted to do after high school? Hmm. I, right after high school, I went straight to college. I went to FIDM, which is Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in San Francisco, and I focused on my fashion. This is when I also started medically transitioning. It was very tough because I was navigating, basically changing my, everything about me, changing how I viewed life, changing my hormones going through a new process with school, having to figure out how to work, make money, save money. And it it was very tough for me because, again, I I didn't have much growing up. We were – I didn't have money. And so the money that I would earn from working, I would use for lunch or for getting myself to school or to work. And there was moments where I would literally – would work until the last train. Sometimes I would miss the train back home and I would have to ask one of my coworkers if I could spend the night just so I can make it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, is this, now, how did you, how did you go from um, working and, and going through all of those processes? How did you get into pageantry? That's a great question. How did I? I think so in college, I was, since I was doing fashion design, um, part of it was kind of just interning for fashion houses, fashion fashion shows, other companies who are looking for interns. So for me, one of the things I was doing was working on a fashion show. I wanted to intern for San right. Francisco Fashion Week, and the director was just, hey, can okay. you walk? And I took, I took two steps. And he was like, no, I need you to be in the show. And I was like, great. From then on, my modeling career kind of just grew and I kept going. I was getting better okay. at it. At uh, okay. one point, um, some of the designers were starting to complain about my body size. Because obviously I was presenting as a woman already. And at this time, I wasn't completely out. And right. I wasn't open about being trans. They're like, so why is your body bigger? Like, your dimensions are a little, you can walk, and we love your look, but your dimensions are a little bigger than the most average girls. 
like my bone structure is just a little bigger. <laughs> right. Um, and so, and then I, I, at that time, I'm like, well, I don't really know what to say. I don't really, um, this is just the way I was built. Uh, but then I, I, I started getting depressed because it, it's a very demanding industry where you have right. to keep a certain size. You have to look a certain way. And I was just tired of that. I wanted to continue doing something along similar to the industry, and so I fell into pageantry. Except with pageantry, yes, kind of like modeling, but you get to use your voice. You get right. to use your platform. You get to talk about your life experiences. And to me, it's like a double win for me. Absolutely. Now, did you intend at that point when you started pageantry where you still said you hadn't come out yet, um, what were some of the drastic measures you had to take when you were working in that situation? Well, in pageantry, I, before I started, the first, I was out when I, when I, when I started competing pageantry. So okay. I started okay. competing specifically just in trans pageants. Gotcha. And by that time I was already out as a model. It was kind of like, okay, I'm leaving the, fashion shows, I'm leaving the industry in San Francisco specifically, and I'm going to out myself and then transition mm-hmm. into pageantry in the trans pageant world. That's how I started at least. Okay. Well, how do you want to you, – you, you were talking about earlier um, with pageantry having a platform. How do you use your platform today as well, former Miss Nevada? Sure. Um, I, with my platform and my media and my, just in my old, my social channels, I try to just be vulnerable as much as I can, sharing my story, sharing with people like you and other platforms. I think we're growing into a society where we're just ashamed of who we are as people. We're ashamed right. of our flaws and what we went through and we don't talk about it. And I think that destroys the whole purpose of what being human is, to be able to connect with each other. Right, right. To be vulnerable, to understand um, one another. And so I try to just share my vulnerable experiences, regardless of how, many, how embarrassing it is or if it's humiliating mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of being able to express myself freely without any shame. And that way, too, I get to really embrace myself and inspire other people to do the same, to not be afraid of your flaws, to not be afraid of what hurts you or what is hurting you or what you're currently suffering with, um, and just be human. And that lends wow. to, I think, being trans people, you know, well, as soon as I start saying, oh, I'm trans, automatically people start to just, okay, well, she's a trans girl. She's trans. Everything is trans. Forget everything that she's done. Forget what she's gone through. She's trans. But no, when I speak about my experiences, my vulnerability and things that, my trauma, um, for example, being a victim of physical and sexual abuse and right. um, surviving that and you know, the process of having to teach to love yourself and to grieve. Um, there's so many layers to it that I, I think people just don't have enough conversations on. And it, it's time. And I, I wish you have is. more time or, you know, just have more conversations like that. Well, I find it difficult. I currently live in Orlando, Florida. 
and I kind of find it very mm-hmm. difficult with what is going on in my state at this time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think about how that affects the kids that are here now in Florida that mm-hmm. share the same, you know, questions that they, you know, they have about themselves that you had. I mean, you were very blessed in a sense for knowing that mm-hmm. when you were growing up, you were different. But there are a lot of kids out there that are confused and, and worried and scared. And I was wondering what you would have to say to those kids if you had a chance to be with them. Hmm. I would to take your time to embrace yourself. Right. I think we're in a world where there's a certain standard that we have to live to, live up to, right. or that we have to follow, but we don't necessarily have to. I think always taking your time and trusting who you are and what you like or what you love and trusting your own voice and your, I guess in some way your, your own power or your own destiny. I've always viewed my differences as my right. uniqueness or my power. Ultimately, it's what led me to the success that I have now. It's, it's what led me to talk to you right now. So right. Um, that uniqueness and my, my own self-identity is really my power. And if I could give an advice, it's to, to embrace that side of you, to not let it stop you from achieving right. what you want or others tell you to be afraid of it when you don't have to. No, and, and, it's, and it's amazing, I know, that they have you as such a good role model to follow. Oh, thank you. Because you didn't have that opportunity, did you, growing up? I mean, you no, came I from didn't. a very strict fact, Catholic like I, family. I, I struggled. Right, right. And finding yeah, somebody. I, I struggled so much. And, and, and finding somebody, you know, like yourself at that time was probably nearly impossible. Can I ask you something, Catalina? You you have shown and, and talk about this um, amazing faith and confidence you have in yourself, and it's very inspiring. And I just wanted to know, I'm curious as to what event led you to have this mindset. I mean, because you were, tr- you were suffering. What, when did you develop, or was there a particular event in your life that happened where you made this conscious change to become this person that was going to strive for success – have the confidence that need, was needed for that success, and has achieved that success. But was there? Where, when was that moment that you stepped over the line to this mindset? So I wouldn't. There wasn't really a specific moment, but there was many moments that led me to who I am now. Well, tell us. One of them was. Um, there was a moment where I wanted to end my life. I was no. literally praying in bed. I was praying. Everyone else was praying. I want an Xbox for this day. I want to. I want to. I want more money. I want this. I want a happy. I want a love life. I was praying for my life to end, and I was young at that time. I'd say I was eleven, twelve, thirteen, somewhere there. Wow. I was praying for my life to end, and then at that moment, I'm like, "Well, why am I?" I'm experiencing this, and I'm alive for a reason. I'm mm-hmm. still very religious in some ways, and so I would talk to God in my sons. I'm like, why is this happening to me? Is this, are you trying to lead me somewhere? 
is just trying to prepare me for something. And so I just listened internally and I just kind of just followed what made me happy. Also, there was moments in my life where I'm like, I would go to church with my with my grandparents or my grandma, and she was like, maybe you should, she shouldn't wear that. And I'm literally wearing just simple white dress. Um, and I'm not, I, I, she, she wasn't saying don't wear a dress. But she, she's very accepting of me, but maybe she was okay. saying tone it down. But to me, I'm like, tone, out, tone down what? I'm, I'm wearing a white dress where everyone else wears, you know? Um, regardless of where I go, everyone will always have something bad to say. And I told her that. I can't wow. please everyone. No. I'm never going to no. please everyone. No. And you're going to drive yourself crazy so trying to do it. I myself, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it drove me crazy for half of my life, you know, trying right. to to be happy for other people, to be the person that they wanted me to be. I, I did that for half of my life. But what you And I did, was not happy. Yeah, but what you've done with all of that trauma and converted it into this air of just complete positivity, it is quite the transformation. And I know that you've gone through so many tough years growing up, being sexually abused, going through all that trauma, and then going into that success. But I, I like the fact that you have recognized that and are trying to do something about it. Can you talk about um, your work as a healthcare administrator? Sure. I This was during the pandemic. I currently don't work as a healthcare administrator, but – okay. At that time, I've learned a lot um, with just navigating through uh, patients of different backgrounds. It was mostly of trans people, trans experiences, but I also had people from, you know, just cis people or people who are born naturally um, or people who identify as their gender. Right, right. Um, One of the things I've learned is that everyone is just going through something, regardless of what you're – experiencing in life or regardless of who you are, your status, everyone is going through something. Right. And everyone just wants to be good, to be healthy, to be happy, to be better. Well, Cataluna, we have a caller on the line. Would you like to take the call? Sure. Let's do it. Good evening. You are on uh, Be Unique's Unscripted. My name is Tony Taylor, the host. Who am I speaking with? their line. Hopefully they'll be back. Aww. Hopefully they'll be back. That's <laughs> terrible. Okay. Well, hopefully they'll be back. Now, you you learned a lot. You learned a lot during your healthcare experiences. Is is that what you were saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also involved, you know, community work, connecting with the people um, in different backgrounds, different communities, different types of. Um, conditions. One of the things I really focused with was mental health. Right. And um, a lot of people need mental health access right now. I know. Especially at that time that I was. It's sad because it's um, it's still something that we still need to discover and it's still, there's such right. huge stigma still about it. I think we've come a long way though. I think uh, mental health has come a long way, but it has so much farther to go. I agree, yeah. What is some of the most – I always want to ask in the last few minutes of the show, um, where do you see yourself in the next five years? 
Great question. I don't have a specific idea. I do want to own a bigger home. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, for personal reasons, you know. Um, sure. I also, I just want to be happy. I just want to continue doing what makes me happy. Expressing my um, talent, uh, expressing myself through art, to what I love, working with my community, inspiring younger individuals, making a difference regardless of how small or big it is. Uh, that's what I want to do. I really have. I really get a sense of joy and fulfillment when I get to wow. help other people. Yeah. Well, what what has been your proudest moment? in your experience? Hmm. There's a couple of things. One, owning a home at a young age. I'm very okay. proud of that. I right. worked myself so hard to be able to have that. But again, like I, when I moved to this, this country, um, <laughs> I was, I lived in a home, um, like a three-bedroom Two bath house, and there were sixteen of us, and for the rest, for a very long time, I was sleeping wow. in the living room, um, <laughs> and I had to share every room in the entire house, you know. And so the fact that I have a home right now that's for that's me, and that's something that I bought, I'm very grateful and I'm very thankful for that, and I'm very proud of myself for that. But also, um, when I hear stories from people uh, randomly, or um, they would. Um, text me out of nowhere and say like, hey, I was in a convention and someone was talking about you and how much you inspire them or how how you're a leader or like you showing up to a school and you talking about your life experiences and that how it impacted so many kids. But that's very warming for me and I'm very thankful and I'm very proud of myself for doing that because again, I didn't have that growing up. Uh, so I'm just very proud that I, I'm able to turn my sadness or to my my trauma into power and inspire others yeah. to hopefully do the same. You 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 have definitely done that, Catalina. You have taken your trauma and you have turned it into power. And uh I wanna thank you so much for joining us this evening. And uh I hope you'll thank come back you and so talk much. to us some more. I hope you'll come back I, and I would uh, love talk to that. us again. I'd love to hear your story too. All right. Well, that'd be great. Well, Catalina Enriquez, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us tonight on Unscripted. Um, and uh, I wish you well, and I wish you the biggest of successes, and I hope that you're happy. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, um, have a great evening, and uh, that's about it for tonight for us on Unscripted. Please join us again next Thursday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. From there, both myself and Catalina say goodnight. Hey, Catalina, we're done. 
Thank you so much, Tony. That was great. We are done. And I hey, listen, I want to thank you so much for taking your time tonight and being with us and sharing your story. I, I know it was kind of silent, but you just told an amazing story. But not only that, it's a very inspirational story. And um, I wish you nothing but success. It is a big honor and privilege for me uh, because um, my, uh, my daughter, who's 23, turns 23, came out to us as um, a uh, teenager. And I, I know that she looks at people like you. And then when I told her I was interviewing you, she was so excited. Um, but I know that mm-hmm. they look at people like you and uh, find inspiration. And I want to thank you because people like you that my daughter can look up to, that can look at, um, really makes it so much less traumatic and so much less of a fear situation because they have you to look up to so thank you so much i appreciate it on behalf of my daughter and myself so thank you so much thank you thank you thank you so much thank you for doing this and it's lovely connecting with you it's lovely connecting with you too and i hope to talk to you again thank you i hope to meet your daughter someday and you someday too as well so thank you thank you again have a good thank night thank you have a good night